welcome to another episode of Seizing Adulthood with me, Adi, and me, Kerwin, a weekly podcast where we talk about our misadventures in adulthood so that you can learn from mistakes without having to make them, and we can tell you how not to adult. May the 4th be with you. May the 4th be with you. Be with you. <laughs> Happy Star Wars Day, everyone, and because today is the commemorative day for one of the biggest fandoms in the galaxy... For this episode, we decided to talk about fandoms. So, what are fandoms? They are groups or communities of fans sharing the same common interests and love for a famous personality, a show, sport, uh, a character, a brand, a company, a musician, an artist, or what have you. So, it's basically a social network where people can share their love for something and engage with other fans. And one of the biggest things about fandoms is the fact that it gives people the chance and the voice to advocate for things they are passionate about. But before we go any further, let's talk about our own fandoms. Mm -hmm. Of course, I already know the stuff you like, but you know, for our listeners, can you please share which fandoms are you part of? Okay. I have a couple of fandoms that I've been following for quite some time, and one of them would be Predator. I can't count the amount of times I've watched all the films, and I even have an unopened Alien vs. Predator Requiem Wolf action figure that has been on display for almost seven years now. I can see it from here. For other films and shows, I've also been a fan of the Star Wars saga and the Evil Dead franchise. For superheroes, it's the tandem of Batman and Joker. I consider these two as being eternally locked in a battle between good and evil, and their stories will forever be top tier. Kamen Rider will also be forever in my heart, and my two favorites are Kamen Rider Den-O and Kamen Rider W. Wow. Fun fact, the forever hero of heart. Kamen Rider Den-O is portrayed by Takeru Sato, or more commonly known as... Kenshin Himura. Yeah. I'm pretty sure everyone knows that. No, not <laughs> everyone knows that. I hope. Uh, for video games, two franchises have really captured my attention, and those would be Dead Space and The Evil Within. There's something about these two games that just gets me hooked all the time. And um, I guess it's your turn. Which fandoms are you part of? I can say that I'm a fan of eight main things. And they're also usually the things I collect. So it's like a combo. So first of all, I'm a huge fan of the Legend of Zelda franchise, LOZ. <laughs> I have played almost all its games. And I've been a Zelda fan <laughs> since I was around eight years old when I first played A Link to the Past. And I just loved it ever since. I was also a huge Harry Potter fan. I mean, I still am. I've read all its books more than 10 times each to the point that I actually memorized the Sorting Hat songs and other stuff. Yeah, all of them. Slytherin represent. Uh, Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. Uh, I also love Star Wars. I mean, that was actually one of the reasons we got together. I am your husband. And Scott Pilgrim. So that's I'm the I'm in lesbians with you. Uh, fifth is Kirby. Sixth is Gudetama. Gudetama. Seventh is Adventure Time. And eighth, of course, is or rather are all the cute toy line brands that I'm putting in one category. So Funko, Tofoyako, Tokidoki, and Popmart. So yeah, those things. Oh, and of course, I'm the biggest fan and stage mom of the most rambunctious pug of them all, Taco. Taco. Oh, you forgot Animal Crossing. No, that's like the 10th on my list. Oh. And I just talked about the eight things. Oh, okay. 
So anyway, just like the slogan of the famous brand Funko, everyone is a fan of something, and mm-hmm. that's why fandoms exist. Plus, fandom communities are great because you get to connect with people who share your interests. But just like any other thing in existence, fandoms also have a dark side. Okay, enough of... (laughs) It sucks. I can't do it. For this week's episode, we are not mainly the ones talking about our experiences. Instead, we will hear and learn from the insightful experiences about the toxic side of fandoms from our guests. First, we have Ari, who will talk about idol culture... She is, of course, a big supporter and fan of our very own local idol group, MNL48. Next, we have Geisha, who is an ARMY. Oh, I got it right this time. Uh, she will, of course, talk about the BTS fandom. We also have DY, who will talk about her love for collecting things related to Sailor Moon, Disney princesses, and other cute toys. We also have Harvin, Herman's brother. Fun and this is actually his second time being a guest. He has been a Magic the Gathering player since he was in high school. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about the terrible side of the MTG fanbase. And last, but definitely not the least, we have Ken, who is an avid fan of Attack on Titan. He will talk about how some disappointed fans of this colossal anime sent death threats to its creators. Yikes. Again, join us for this episode as we talk about fandoms in general and the stuff we shouldn't do that might disrupt the peace in fandom communities. And listen to us tell you how not to be a toxic fan. Fandoms are communities born out of shared passions and interests. Mm -hmm. And since you're with a group of people liking the same thing, it should always be fun, right? Right. Well, not all the time. (gasps) Sometimes, there are toxic fans who ruin it for the rest of us and infiltrate what was once a peaceful and safe place. Yeah, and sometimes we're not even aware we're doing those things as well. That's why we have to be mindful and careful of the things we do or say, especially online. Yeah. Let's start with how not to be a toxic fan. Tip number one, do not gatekeep. Right, but what is gatekeeping anyway? Hmm. Well, as the word suggests, to gatekeep is to basically limit or control something, but when it comes to how it's defined in the context of a fandom, it's when people decide who can or cannot access a community or fandom's identity. Yeah, it's putting up the walls of Jericho around the fandom and trying to limit the amount of people accepted within the fan community. Wal Maria. The aim of it is to, oh yeah. The aim of it is to keep the new fans or casual fans away since gatekeepers think they're not worthy to be in their ranks. This should be avoided since it stops the true purpose of any fandom, which is to build a community of like-minded people who can share, enjoy, and express their love for something. Right. There are even some people who tend to resent new fans, especially when their thing goes mainstream. Mm -hmm. Because they have this sense of entitlement and mentality that go, oh, I've been a fan since whatever, or I've been a fan of this since the very start. And you're a new fan, so you're probably not even a real fan. So there's just this Mm -hmm. sense of entitlement. But the thing is, if you're a veteran at something, use that to welcome new people and educate them so that more people can share the passion you have for whatever it is that you're a fan of. Mm -hmm. And that's it for tip number one. Do not gatekeep. Before we move on to tip number two, let us listen to one of our guests who has a first-hand experience in the world of idol culture in Japan, from attending concerts to live handshake events. 
We have writer, teacher, and full-time fangirl, Ari, who will talk about the Philippines' very own idol group, MNL48, and its fandom. Hi, I'm Ari. I'm 33 years old. I'm a professional writer specializing in beauty-centered topics like makeup and skincare, as well as a blogger and preschool teacher. I'm what you'd call a full-time fangirl because I'm heavily into idol culture, both in the K-pop and J-pop sphere, and have been for the past 19 years or so, give or take. I'm also an avid gamer on both console and PC, and I love watching horror films and anime and getting lost in a good ebook. I support a handful of idol groups at any one time, including ITZY, The World Standard, Stray Kids, and Supergirls, just to name a few. But for the past few years, I've been a big, big supporter and fan of our very own local idol group, MNL48. Formed in 2018, they're one of the sister groups of the original Japanese counterpart and mother group, AKB48. Since I've been a fan of AKB48 for years already, I was super excited that we were finally getting our own version, so to speak, and was already familiar with their concept and traditions. When I was living in Japan from 2015 to 2016, I was pretty active in the idol scene, attending small concerts, appearances, and handshake sessions where you get to actually meet idols and briefly chat with them while, of course, shaking their hands. So you can imagine how happy I was when I realized I could start doing that right here in the Philippines. The MNL48 fandom is collectively called MN Loves. That's spelled M-N-L-O-V-E-S. And as of now, we're actually the only sister group with an official fandom name, which I think is extra special and something to be proud of. In general, the fandom is very passionate and welcoming and very dedicated when it comes to showing support in the form of buying merchandise, tickets, or attending events and mall show appearances, of which they had many pre-pandemic. Loves are also some of the most active fans on social media, and we pretty regularly hold Twitter parties to celebrate a special group or fandom-related occasion, a member's birthday, a TV appearance, and more. I actually met some very good friends by joining the fandom, who I still keep in contact with all the time. I guess, first and foremost, it's important to ask, what exactly is the definition of toxic? For some people, a toxic fan is one who gatekeeps, and that's a pretty common aspect of most fandoms. For others, it's simply someone who complains a lot, even if that complaining is actually constructive criticism. That's why I think it's unfair for anyone to quickly label anyone else as toxic, simply because it's such a subjective term. Now, the three most toxic aspects of the fandom I've personally encountered are the aforementioned gatekeeping, emphasizing umbug to be counted as a real fan, and, ironically, the constant misuse of the word toxic to begin with. Gatekeeping generally isn't a problem in the fandom because, as I said, most Emma loves are actually very welcoming and are happy 
when those new to MNL48 become genuine fans. But of course, every now and then, you have the handful of fans who like to isolate themselves from those who are curious about the group because they have this delusional need to protect the girls from people who they think can't appreciate them like they do. And yet, they're the same people who want the group to become more popular, so you see where the problem lies. It's immature and needs to stop, that's all I'm gonna say. Then you also have what we tend to refer to as elitist fans, who think that you need to spend thousands and thousands on the group and attend numerous events to be considered a genuine fan. I've said it time and time again, spending on your fandom isn't a competition, and no one has any right to dictate who is a, quote, real fan or not. Whether you spend one peso or 10,000 pesos to support MNL48, you are a valid fan, period. Yes, the idol industry is a business, and every group needs money to survive. But to demean other fans when you don't even know their financial situation, mind you, because they don't have umbug, is disgusting behavior that speaks volumes about someone's true character. It's not called the dreaded A-word on Twitter by Emma Loves for nothing. Lastly, I've been labeled as toxic, along with others, for calling out MNL48's management on numerous mistakes and not giving both the members and fans the quality that's deserved when it comes to their music videos or their merchandise, for example. Now, I'm not sure what alternate universe these people are living in were expressing concern and giving fair criticism is considered toxic. There's a distinct difference between bashing and criticizing after all. And I think that's what they have trouble understanding. I disagree that criticizing management's actions or choices is toxic because it means you want better for the group. You know the members and the fans deserve better. For those who are unfamiliar, here's a more concrete example. MNL48's physical sixth single album was met with quite a bit of disappointment for its poor production quality. I'm talking pixelated pictures and typos for members' names. So for an album that's worth 350 pesos, did fans have a right to complain? Of course they did. Especially since management has proven before that they can meet better quality standards and when smaller idol groups, both international and local, have also proven that you don't need a large budget to produce quality merchandise. Just good old-fashioned creativity and initiative. Honestly, staying silent and compliant is more concerning for me than anything. Oh, and I've also been labeled as toxic for both reminding fans to not overstep their boundaries as fans, and pointing out members' mistakes and trying to help educate them. In the end, 
What I want to ask is this. How do you expect certain fans, the group, and their management to grow and become better when you aren't willing to let them know what they can or should improve on? In the end, every fandom is going to have some level of toxicity within it, and there's always going to be bad apples in any group. That's just inevitable. What's important is to remind others either of their worth as a fan or when they're overstepping their boundaries, as I said earlier. In the case of idol fans specifically, it also means giving fair input or feedback, even if it's negative, to agencies or their management that's supposed to be taking care of the groups you hold such a passion for. All of the above doesn't mean you're being controlling or being toxic. It's simply trying to nurture a more positive and engaging environment that old fans will want to continue staying in while not intimidating new or potential fans at the same time. Whatever fandom you're a part of, welcome others with open arms, show support in any way you can, and remember that truly loving something, whatever it may be, means giving praise where it's due, and also encouraging improvement where needed. Thank you, Ari, for letting us into the world of MNL48, and for letting us know more about the local idol culture. If you want to follow her fangirling journey, you can follow her on Twitter. She is Attack on Idol. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I like the part when she mentioned that it's unfair for anyone to be quickly labeled as a toxic fan, because yeah, it is a very subjective term. Still, it can't be helped that there really are common behaviors that fall under what constitutes toxic fan culture, like gatekeeping and comparing of a bug. Yeah, and I have to agree with Ari about the amount and energy you spend for your chosen fandoms. Any support is still considered support regardless of the monetary value attached to it. And it actually ties into our second tip, and that is tip number two. Do not compare. It's not a competition. Showing support to your fandoms is highly encouraged since it helps them in so many ways and, in return, come up with new and improved content. Mm -hmm. However, there are instances when some of the fans start comparing the amount of support given. May it be through votes, merch, or in some other format. There have been instances when people were called out for being unable to show a high level of support. We have to keep in mind that not everyone might have the same amount of personal resources to give out, no matter how much they love a certain fandom. Right, and the amount of merchandise you have shouldn't be the basis for how supportive you are as a fan. Mm -hmm. Having more merch, or all the merch even, doesn't give you the label real fan. And we also shouldn't question if someone is an actual fan just because they didn't have any or enough related merch. Yeah. Showing your loyalty and love for something should never be a contest. As fans, we should focus instead on how much the fandom can help each other out to show support. Yeah. And that's it for tip number two. Do not compare. It's not a competition. Speaking of fandom merch, before we move on to tip number three, let us listen to our guest from a fandom that has a lot of great merch. Mm-hmm. From top-of-the-line phones to hoodies, shirts, even tapestries, light sticks, and even toys. This fandom has got it all. 
And just like what the Times article said, it is a devoted fandom with an unrivaled level of organization. Nice. So let's all listen to Gisha and have a look inside the BTS army. Annyeong! I'm Gisha Michael Serrano, and you heard it right. I am named from artistic entertainers in Japan as my dad worked in a Japanese restaurant here in the Philippines. I'm 24 years old and currently a customer care professional with American Express. Surprisingly, I am a K-pop fan since 6th grade and I do not know any idols from Japan. But I would love to. But what I love the most is volunteering to causes close to my heart, like helping our local farmers, planting trees, and outreach programs for the elderly and children. I am a fan of Bangtan Sonyandan, or you know it, widely known as BTS. I first saw them as I watched through Channel M with their debut song, No More Dream. Daeyoung, or V, caught my attention with this iconic classes part, and I'm sure a lot of ARMY are familiar with this. After that, it was non-stop binging on all of their pre-debut songs and vlogs. But the one moment I knew I am in it for life is when American Hustle Life came out. They were giving out flyers on the streets in LA, inviting people to watch the show for free. At that moment, I know these boys will go so far and I knew in my heart that I'll be standing forever. BTS gave us this empowering fandom name of ARMY, which means Adorable, Representative, MC for Youth. And it's such a sweet name, I think, as it gives me a feeling that I have a voice during a time where I cannot express myself yet. Wandering through life, you know, the gist of it. I've literally grown up with these boys, and they have been my companion during my transition to college life. BTS has always been a bearer of the message, love yourself. And I'm sure a lot of ARMY would say that they've met or known BTS during the most challenging moments of their lives. Of course, all fandoms are used to the bad apples, but there are quite a few toxic traits that are even present with the old fans. First one is gatekeeping and elitism. You know, it seems harmless at first with jokes about keeping them for yourself so you'd be able to afford and buy tickets, but it grows into this huge competition between new and old fans. You know, about who knows more, who bought a lot of merch, who has been there ever since. The most common scenario is when BTS wins an award that is based on votes. Old fans and spazzers who has a lot of time burning their free time on social media are quick to call out these fans who did not vote and stream as much. You know that they do not deserve to congratulate BTS. And I think this is very insensitive because not a lot of fans have the resources to vote or access to an internet. Some are really just swamped with work and school, and some are honestly have better things to do than vote nonstop on social media. I know as well that the fandom appreciates all the help it can get from every fan during award season, but we should not crucify those who cannot actively participate. Which brings me to another problematic trait, solo standing. As much as there are ARMY who genuinely loves all of the seven members, there are as much solo stands who only favor certain members or one member. So basically, they pit the members against one another, questioning why this certain member has lots of lines in a track, why a certain member would have this kind of sideline activity outside of the group, and which photo card sells more in the marketplace. And it's not a secret that the Macne line or Jimmy, Taeyong, and Jungkook photo cards 
sells higher than the rest of the members' photo cards. But here's the thing. What I really want to highlight is that how some fans would question. Bakit ganito po yung presyohan ng PC ni J-Hope or ni RM? You know, as if they do not deserve the same market price like the Macne line. And this creates a stigma that the Macne line members are more favored than the rest of the members. Also, to piggyback on solo stunning, there are hardcore shippers too. Shipping is not a weird culture in fandoms, and it's not only present in the K-pop community. You know this. But what makes it worse is that there are fans who take it to the next level, as in bordering on actually believing that these members have a relationship together. Um, This is such a sensitive topic to discuss, but in my opinion, if they have a relationship, that's none of my business at all. And I'll be happy for them. But this takes away the liberty of the members, given that having a relationship as a K-pop artist is already hard enough. And if what they are really doing is just fan service or just their own way of taking care of their co-member, I just can't imagine how uncomfortable it would feel. And there are also lots of instances where fan will start within the fandom itself because this certain group of shippers hated that this member is having more interaction with this other member they do not ship. And with that comes another toxic trait, which is entitlement. And this goes right along with possessiveness. It just doesn't sit right with me when a fan says, Nagpapalamon ako ng koreano. You know, which refers to them buying merch, collecting items, or just basically using money to support BTS. Like outright saying, just because they chose to spend their money on BTS, it's as if they feed them and give them air to breathe. They will act like they have a right to demand on what content should be shown by these artists, who they should befriend and collab with, and how they should act on stage. I know, I know, I know we are all looking out for these boys, as the media and the industry often takes advantage of them. But BTS numerous, uh, BTS said numerous times to trust them and that they are in good hands with Big Hit. And I trust that. As an admin of the first BTS fanbase here in the Philippines, I've had my fair share of these experiences. And it has been one of my missions to help the fandom grow healthily and kindly together. Um, I just want to say that with these toxic behaviors in the ARMY community, the good behavior still outweighs it. And I want anyone who just started liking BTS to know that. So don't be afraid. <laughs> Let's be fans of BTS together. Let's be more open to new fans, be approachable, and guide them so they would get to know BTS more and feel welcome in our community. It's a win-win situation for us anyway. As for the new fans, do not be intimidated thinking how you can catch up with these old fans. Because the amount of streams you did and the money you spent won't ever equate to how you genuinely support the boys. As BTS always say, 7 minus 1 is 0, which means they come as a package and no member should be left behind. For all ARMY out there, regardless how long you've been in this community, I hope this serves as a reminder to always support and respect all the members. That's all. Thank you so much. Parahe! Thank you, Gisha, for sharing some of your experiences as an ARMY. Mm -hmm. And wow, she has been a fan since their debut in 2013. Since sixth grade. Yeah, OG fan indeed. And since she's an admin of the first BTS fan base in the Philippines, I like the part when she mentioned how it has become her goal 
to help the fandom not just grow, but grow healthily. And that's really great, as she's so welcoming to new fans. So if you are an ARMY, you may want to check out their group on Facebook, it's BTSPH, and on Twitter, they're BangtanBoysPH, and on Instagram, it's BangtanBoysPH underscore. Yeah, don't forget to check them out. Geisha brought up the crucifixion of fans for not being able to actively participate in activities that support their fandoms. Mm -hmm. Not everyone has the luxury to be able to commit full-time to their fandoms, and maybe the reason as to why they're hustling is for them to be able to buy more merch. Work hard, buy merch harder. Or fangirl harder. Yeah. (laughs) Moving on to tip number three. Do not get defensive. Sometimes, whenever we get so passionate about something, we tend to get a bit defensive when it gets attacked or when we would hear things about it that we don't like, right? Mm -hmm. And that's okay, because it is a defense mechanism, and it shows how loyal we are. But sometimes, people tend to go overboard. Yeah, there comes a time when we might get defensive right away, and this is certainly not the best way to react at all. Mm -hmm. Help them understand why by calmly stating your points, and if they still don't buy it, then at least you know you've approached the situation in a calm and collected manner, rather than acting in a way that could misrepresent the entire fandom. Yeah. And that's it for tip number three. Do not get defensive. Before we move on to tip number four, let us listen to someone with experiences from multiple fandoms. Our next guest is a collector who loves a lot of cute things Mm -hmm. and also empowered women. That's why her collections are a mix of cuteness and girl power, from Disney princesses to Sailor Moon and to Wonder Woman. Let's listen to D.Y. as she talks about her fangirling and collecting journey. Hi guys, my name is Tony Isabel and my friends call me D.Y. I'm 34 years old and I manage a water refilling business. But instead of the job I have, I've always dreamt of becoming a real-life Disney princess working in Disney World. Just smiling, waving, playing with the kids, and look pretty all day every day is truly a dream come true. I want to be Ariel sana, or sige, pwede na rin si Tinkerbell, para magical, sparkly, and somehow relate ako sa mga characters nila, so di na din ako mahihirapan i-portray sila. Anyway, one thing I know that I do well is organizing and taking pictures of my collection. Yes, nakakapagod, but I find it very therapeutic and while doing it, mas na-appreciate ko seeing what I have. Parang, look at this stuff, isn't it neat? Moment ko lang din yon, like the little mermaid while she's singing part of your world and staring at her collection. I am a collector of Funko Pops, Q-Posket, and Stationaries. Or anything cute that reminds me of my awesome childhood. Batang 90s represent! <laughs> Speaking of which, I am a big fan of Sailor Moon ever since I watched it on ABC5. Growing up, most of the shows or cartoons always had guys as the bida. Kaya sobra ako natuwa na this time, girl yung lead. I also like her friendship with the other girls. Since then, I started buying paper dolls, texts, and stickers. I also like to draw them. I was such a big fan, heck, I even cut my bags just to look like her. And when I discovered that she doesn't like to eat carrots, as a kid, hindi na rin ako kumain ng carrots. I also consider myself as a DC fan girl, especially my love for the Flash and Harley Quinn. 
And also, I'm a budding Wonder Woman fan. I joined some groups where I can share my love and passion for the characters that I look up to. I am a part of Sailor Moon Philippines. It's a fun group where we appreciate all the pretty sailor soldiers and we call ourselves Moonies. Another group is Wonder Woman Collectors PH. This group is dedicated to the powerful Amazon princess, literally the symbol of female empowerment. And since I've mentioned earlier that I collect Funko Pops, I am a proud member of Pop Till You Drop. It's a community where I can share my collection and interact with other collectors even if we have different fandoms. Based on my observation and experiences from joining these groups, here are the top 3 tips on how not to be a toxic fan. So first one would be, do not be disrespectful. Not everyone is a fan of what you like, but it doesn't mean you have to bash other fandoms. Maka Marvel ka man, or DC like me, you like this anime, or you like this version compared to sa isang version, kanya-kanya at magkakaiba kasi talaga tayo ng preferences. And also, not everyone in your own fandom will have the same opinion as you. This is where respect comes in. You can always say things in a good way and be mature enough to agree to disagree. And if you have to call out someone in the group, you can always send them direct message and deal with it privately. Huwag tayong mamahiya. Yes, kadalasan ang groups are private, but hindi naman natin kilala lahat ng mga members na nandoon and vice versa. Be considerate to think if anong mafeel ng iba if nag-voice out ka or once nagsalita ka na. Another thing is as much as possible, Avoid starting discussion that can divide the group. Halos lahat naman ng community kasama sa rules na i-maintain yung harmony. Do not, for any reason, bring out the keyboard warrior in everyone. So that's it for tip number one, do not be disrespectful. So tip number two is do not be selfish, sharing is caring. As a fan, it's okay na ma-excite to post new info, memes, and other things related to your idols. But please, do not forget to credit the source. Pinaghihirapan nila yung mga content and artwork nila, so dapat talaga give them proper acknowledgement. Huwag natin i-crop yung watermarks and signature nila. Giving credit to the owner or simply hashtag CTTO, it's a must. And if you find any leads to a certain merchandise that your fandom might be interested in, make sure to share it. Like me, whenever I post an item that I just bought and someone inquires about it, I always take time to reply. And if I know na hindi na available yung item or sold out na, binabalikan ko pa rin sila. Or simply tag them sa mga buy and sell group kung nandun yung hinahanap nilang item. Para parehas kaming happy and bonus na rin na I gain a new friend na fellow fan and collector. So yeah, do not be selfish because sharing is caring. And last but certainly not the least tip is do not forget that our goal is to sparkle together. Do not resent the idea that there will always be new fans. 
that is a good sign of growth in your fandom. Regardless if you are an old or new fan, always promote positivity. It feels better to guide and uplift other people. And as a member, it's nice to feel welcome and ma-feel mo rin talaga that you really belong. Do not hesitate to encourage other to be more active. Actually, lahat naman tayo nag-start as newbies. Like right now, I know na ipapalabas na soon yung Sailor Moon movie sa Netflix. Expected ko na rin na madaming bagong fans. I'm actually happy that the new generation would appreciate the things that I love when I was in their age. Kalawa naman ang tanda ko na magsalita, no? But, huwag tayo maging bitter. Na maging mainstream bigla yung franchise na gusto mo. At the end of the day, mas okay pa rin magsuportahan. Iba-iba man ng opinions or kanya-kanyang trip, mas masaya pa din na united ang fandom. While it's okay to point out those toxic action in the community or fandom in general, it's also just right to acknowledge that sometimes it's the other way around. To be honest, I myself can be toxic at times. Tao lang din naman ako eh. But what's important is pag nare-realize ko na nagiging toxic na ako, I stop and correct myself. And be mature enough to acknowledge that I may not be always right. It also helps to have friends in the community who can let you know if nagiging toxic ka na. So do not forget that the goal is to sparkle together. Thank you, DY, for sharing your experiences as a fan of a lot of things and being part of communities. I like how she mentioned that since we all started as newbies at one point, she tries her best to reach out to new members. She mm-hmm. also encourages others to be more active and even helps others to score merch. Because that's the point of communities, after all. It's to help each other out. Right. And I have to agree with D.Y. when she mentioned that sometimes we also do become toxic. <laughs> yeah. We are only human, after all, and we make mistakes, but... When we start to know ourselves more and understand what we can do to make the community better, then that's the time that we can all definitely, like how she phrased it, sparkle together. Sparkle. Sparkle emoji. Mm -hmm. Next is tip number four. Do not add fuel to the fire. Yeah. (laughs) The norm right now for any fandom is, of course, to have online communities. Mm -hmm. Whether they're on Facebook or Facebook-like pages, mm-hmm. Reddit threads, mm-hmm. actual online forums or groups, yeah. they exist. And that's great because it's the best and easiest way to communicate with fellow fans. But whenever you attempt to enter those fandom realms, it's inevitable for you to encounter toxic fans and trolls. So to be safe, it's best to just not engage with any of them. Yeah, because... Trolls live to get people riled up, and most of the time, it's not worth any of your effort. Yeah. You join communities not to pick fights, but to develop a sense of belongingness and acceptance. Mm -hmm. And that's it for tip number four. Do not add fuel to the fire. Before we move on to our final tip, let us listen to someone who has been playing Magic the Gathering since his teen years. With me. Yeah, with you. He always beats me. (laughs) Despite the pandemic, he has been able to find new and innovative ways to still continue his MTG hobby. 
In the multiverse of magic, encountering evil forces doesn't just happen in the realm of the planeswalkers, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. also in real life. <gasps> Let's listen to Harvin as he talks about some of the irksome fan behaviors in MTG. Uh, hello, I'm Harvin, aka Harvin's brother. I'm currently a full-time cat dad. I also work as an IT consultant so I can feed said cats. Uh, I have a few hobbies on the side like miniature painting and playing all sorts of board games, video games, and card games. I'm a Magic the Gathering player. It's probably one of the biggest card games in the world alongside the likes of Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, in that game, players use a deck of cards that represents spells, creatures, and resources in an attempt to defeat their opponents. Think of it as a card game version of a wizard duel. Over the course of its nearly 30-year history, the game has evolved to support different ways of playing. My favorite game mode is called Commander or EDH by some people which stands for Elder Dragon Highlander. It's a fan-created format where you build a a deck of 100 cards and you can only have one of every card apart from basic lands. It's usually played in a group of 4 or more people. And apart from in-game mechanics, it also introduces the social aspect as the players try to navigate their way into a win against two or more other people. I like Commander because it takes away the stress from other more competitive game modes and turns it into an experience similar to a board game night. While the game's core mechanics are still there, people can have fun and socialize and even do politics without having to worry about stringent rules because everyone is supposed to play for fun first and for the win as a distant second. Uh, Commander's core tenet is what's usually called rule zero. It's basically an understanding that everyone is playing in good faith and with consent with the end goal being to have fun. As a fan-created social format, uh, EDH or Commander, is, it is up to the playgroup to apply modifications or variants as long as everyone agrees to it. After all, the end goal is to have fun. So yeah, essentially rule zero is sort of a way to get everyone's consent and everyone's on the same page so that uh, everyone will have a positive uh, game experience. Right now, uh, according to Wizards of the Coast who actually make the game, Commander is currently the game's most popular format. With the pandemic, physical gaming has become pretty much non-existent and the casualness of Commander lends itself to being a playable format even over webcam via places like Discord. So yeah, it's really good. One of the most frowned upon behaviors in Commander is called pub stomping. Essentially, it's when someone intentionally brings a deck that is too strong for a group without the other player's knowledge with the sole intention of getting an easy win. Think of it as the equivalent of Usain Bolt entering a kid's 100 meter race and winning while gloating. Sometimes the reverse is also true. I've seen new players get killed off immediately when they try to do test games against uh, gaming shops regular customers and then sometimes they also get you know a disproportionate amount of scorn or insults when they have some questions about the rules or aspects of the game uh, I'm not sure why people like these exist but I think it's a game's 
most common form of gatekeeping and it's definitely not helping the hobby grow. Like any hobby, magic can be very expensive. Anyone can play on a budget but as you try to actually get more into the format, um, cost is just one thing you'll have to swallow. Some of the game's oldest and most powerful cards will be forever out of reach for most people simply due to supply and demand, with some cards fetching thousands of dollars on the market. A lot of people have resorted to using proxies, which is essentially printing a card's image and pasting them onto cardstock to use in place of real cards. A subset of players deem this to be sort of a mortal sin and will go out, go out of their way to belittle others who can't afford expensive pieces of cardboard. They'd say things like, Stop playing the game if you can't afford it or you should just save for the cards. You know, even if these aren't realistic or practical things to do. Unsurprisingly, these same people are usually also those who have amassed cards for decades or even have the disposable income to just outright buy them. Personally, using proxies is fine for me even if I don't really do them outside of the game's most competitive um, format or most competitive aspect. Uh, as long as you know everybody agrees to it beforehand and the proxies aren't being sold off as the real thing, it's okay. Magic is a game of skill and at the end of the day, as someone once said, I just want to play against the player and not against their wallet. Smacker is the local term for people who buy or trade for other people's cards for way below their actual market value. People like these usually prey on new or very young players who bring in or open expensive cards straight from the packs but have no real idea about their actual value. It's basically predatory behavior with the goal of making a quick buck off of someone's lack of knowledge and is borderline criminal, I think. Usually, a shop's established regulars keep smackers out, but unfortunately, these things tend to happen more often than not. And, you know, I've, I've called out my fair share of such people engaging in this behavior. These days, magic is more popular than ever. People from all walks of life play it, from students to professionals to public figures like, you know, Jacob Bertrand from Cobra Kai, or even people like Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Will Wheaton. So yeah, basically everyone plays it these days. Uh, as fans of any hobby, we should really be its ambassadors, and I think one of the responsibilities we have as players is to help grow the hobby by making it an inclusive community and a safe space for others. A lot of people already have a hard time interacting with others, especially when it comes to nerdy or geeky things like Magic the Gathering. Uh, at the end of the day, we really should treat others as we want to be treated. We should be welcoming, we should be kind, we should be human. Calling out toxicity when we see it is one way to fight it, and we should ensure that in our communities, uh, such behavior is not tolerated. We should always be mindful that there is a person on the other side of the table or, you know, in these days, even on the other side of the screen. Thank you, Harvin, for talking about some of the toxicity that plagued the planes of Magic the Gathering. Mm -hmm. You know, you should teach me how to play this because it actually sounds interesting. After it, <laughs> 
So <laughs> when he mentioned the smackers and pub stomping, I realized that those are things that actually happen in most fandoms and communities, but they just go by different terms. Like smackers are basically low ballers in collecting groups, and pub stompers are the tryhards or metagamers in video games. Yeah, right? they basically exist everywhere, and it's just best to steer away from them or call them out. Mm-hmm. Also, I didn't know how magic has evolved throughout these years. The most disgusting thing Harvin mentioned was people taking advantage of others who didn't know the value of their cards. <laughs> it's lowballing, with malice to the extreme. Yeah. And finally, moving on to our last tip, tip number five. Do not forget your reasons for joining a fandom. At some point in our lives, everyone has been a fan of someone or something. Yeah. <laughs> and by joining fandoms and their communities, our immersion into this whole new world to discover is nothing but a magical trek. Wow. <laughs> At the end of the day, fandoms you are created. Wow yourself. <laughs> fandoms are created to help the community thrive, connect, and show their love and support for whatever it is they are a fan of. Yeah. And, well, being a part of a fandom should be about, like you said, support, respect, Mm -hmm. and a sense of belonging. And I guess the main reason we become a fan of something and choose to be part of any fandom out there is that we're able to relate to it, right? There's just something about it that we like that reminds us of ourselves. It resonates with us, inspires us, and evokes feelings of familiarity. Those are good and positive feelings. Mm -hmm. Like for us, being a part of a local pug group, we share photos and stories of our pugs, discuss serious and funny topics that are that type of people, ask other members for advice regarding feeding tips or dog diets, grooming, and whatnot. And basically, it's a community we keep wanting to go back to because even if most of the interactions are done online, there's a sense of belongingness support for members, and overall love for the pug breed. Yeah, those feelings remind you of the reason why you're in a fandom. Yeah. Because (laughs) you're celebrating whatever it is you're a fan of, and at the same time, you're supporting fellow members or fans. Remembering all those helps you steer away from toxicity. Pugs. And that's it for (laughs) tip number five. Do not forget your reason for joining a fandom. Yeah. Before we end this episode, let us listen to longtime anime fan, our last guest, Kenneth, talk about how the fans reacted negatively to the fourth season of AOT Mm -hmm. and some of the really extreme behaviors of Attack on Titan fans. Yikes. I'm Kenneth Gonzalez. I'm an 18-year-old student at UPLB taking a BS Biology as a pre-med, and I'm most likely planning to be a surgeon. I play a lot of video games, mostly FPS and rhythm games. I enjoy listening to music and playing volleyball from time to time. I have cats and dogs that I love very, very much. I'm a fan of reading and watching stuff, especially anime. Attack on Titan has been one of my favorite series since the debut of the anime in 2013, and I was one of those cringy 8th graders who wouldn't stop shoving it in other people's faces like, I'm an Attack on Titan fan and I need you to know that this show is great. That phase kind of died down as the years passed and somewhere along the way, I picked up the manga and I still hold the same opinion. It's just really damn good. The story starts off strong with showing the nature of titans and how terrifying of a threat they are to humanity. And one special thing that really stood out to me in the series was with how humans dealt with titans, and it was the 3D maneuver gear. 
where they use grappling hooks and swords. And starting off with toxic fandom, most of what I see that screams that it's toxic fandom it mostly comes from Twitter and occasionally Facebook if you're old like me. Childish part of the fandom that won't stop crying over the animation done in season 4. I personally was not a fan of it either. It just seems pointless to keep bitching about it constantly. We still have to hold respect for the studio and their hard work and efforts despite the time crunch they were put in. I also have to bring up the state of the fandom after the ending of the manga was released. People can't help but express their dissatisfaction for the ending. Even going through the lengths of starting a petition to change the ending. It's pretty much a message to trash at the author and his artistic vision. Are the things that I stated a while ago crappy behavior? Yeah, pretty much. It's toxic. But where it gets serious is when the death threats come in. Mappa Studio, the studio in charge of the Attack on Titan Season 4 animation, and Ayane Sakura, a voice actor for one of the characters in the later portion of the series in particular, received death threats from the fans. So, key takeaways I would get from this is that if you can't help but hate on the series, at least be a decent human being and respect the ones involved in the creation. They're still also human. In no way are death threats okay to be thrown around. The creators don't need to hear about how they're gonna end up dead because some kid got their anime ruined by crappy CGI. I'd really suggest just sending positivity towards those involved in the creation of a beautiful series like Attack on Titan. They really deserve it. Thank you, Kenneth, for the things you've observed and experienced from the fandom over the years. Mm -hmm. The part where he mentioned that death threats were sent to express disappointment was definitely disturbing and uncalled for. I can't imagine the amount of anger or rage inside someone to even have the idea of doing that. It's not that we should be compliant when we are presented with things that we don't agree with, but instead we should be able to raise our concerns in a way that makes us civilized and, like he said, decent human beings. Things like that are just so extreme and it just ruins a lot of things for people in a fandom. Mm -hmm. Plus, hating on creators and even voice actors just creates an unnecessary mob mentality, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. We have to remember that there are more non-toxic fans than toxic fans. True. It's just that they are a vocal minority, so non-toxic fans should do their best to promote positivity. Yes. There's no doubt that toxic fans have this feeling and sense of superiority mm -hmm. and would refuse to listen to opinions that, well, don't agree with theirs. So the best way to remove that power is to not entertain them. Yes. And one way you can help in keeping your fandom community happy and healthy is by respecting people's opinions and having online courtesy. Before we end this episode, let us go through the tips mentioned earlier for how not to be a toxic fan. Tip number one, do not gatekeep. Tip number two, do not compare. It's not a competition. Tip number three, do not get defensive. Tip number four, do not add fuel to the fire. And finally, tip number five, do not forget your reason for joining a fandom. We would again like to thank our guests for sharing their insights. Thank you, Ari, Geisha, D.Y., Harvin, and Kenneth. Yeah, thank you so much, and we hope you learned something from this episode about toxic fandoms. Join us again next week as we talk about procrastination. Until next time, AD out. Bye! <laughs> I see what you did there. Podcast cover art by Nadine Goofy. <laughs> I crack myself up. Wow. Music by Joshua Benzon. Editing by ADD.